0: This is Envision Self Healing Podcast, episode number 49. Hi, I'm Will Fuller. And I'm Richard Miller. And we are the co-creators of EnvisionSelfHealing.com and are dedicated in helping you improve your eyesight and quality of life by taking
1: healing into your own hands. The topic of the week this week is understanding nearsightedness. And in the question of the week we have a, a kind of fun question as to whether alcohol affects your vision negatively. A
0: fun, question. a fun question. it's more fun than, than uh, glaucoma or something. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. A more entertaining question. Yes, right. Maybe. Yeah. So uh, Richard, how's the world of self-healing been treating you this week? Well, I Instead of going into how my butt is doing, which is what I, the progress, okay, I've actually... That's an interesting start to the podcast. Yeah, this yeah. Week. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, can you elaborate a little bit more yeah. for those that are just
1: watching this podcast? Yeah. So I've been, uh, I started a program wow. of um, spin classes and going to the gym and working with a trainer okay. to lower my um, resting heart rate mm-hmm. in order to improve my optic atrophy, that I'm trying to bring more blood flow to my eyes. And amazingly, we were out to dinner last night, and you were watching me read a menu with very small type, right? Yeah, and that I was very impressive. I was able to read it. So I think that's actually working, despite the fact that um, I hit this back problem okay. in the midst of this. And I think it was the, my position on the spin bike,
0: right. lots of possibilities. And anyone that wants to be more specific, we could say the gluteus maximus, gluteus medius, gluteus minimus. Yeah. Those uh, muscles in particular a lot of tension and tight and you're feeling some tension
1: there I I describe myself as gluteal retentive (laughs) (laughs) so uh, yeah so oh and so I I worked with the trainer on Wednesday and then came back and rolled in tennis balls Mm -hmm. and I could feel a really squishy butt so that's what I was going for yours or or someone else's (laughs) no I wouldn't last well at that gym um so mine was really soft and that's what I was going for. Okay. It was like a soft instead of this gluteal retentive thing. Okay. So, um so okay, so getting back to my main point rather than my butt. Mm-hmm. Well, the butt relates in the sense that um I've been confused about whether I injured something in there or whether it's just spasm tightness. Okay. So I there's this great unknown about my butt. <laughs> <laughs> And so I've just given in at some point to say, uh, so I went back to working out, despite the fact that I really didn't know whether it was injured right. mm-hmm. and whether I was going to re-injure it. So I was just playing with that edge of it. Okay. So anyway, oh gosh, I'm, I'm tra- transitioning to something philosophical here. Okay. So um, it's dangerous. It is dangerous. <laughs> so the other thing going on this week is my meditation class. We were dealing with the unknown. Mm-hmm. And we were actually meditating and sort of deliberately putting our awareness into the unknown. Okay. So, and this is, my, my butt reminds me of that. It's like, you at some point in the self-healing uh, journey, you have to let go of trying to know exactly where you're <laughs> at. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, sorry, I, just, I thought you were going to say you're going to let go of your butt. <laughs> well, butt yeah. too, yeah. Oh, you go you go definitely do have to let go of your butt. <laughs> <laughs> But so, sorry, here let go of the known in some ways so I'm happy to know exactly what my condition is. So we do preach knowing a lot about your condition. But yeah. there are
0: times when you just have to right. feel your way forward. So so, so we guess, right. So it was the um, you weren't too sure whether it was a strain. Right. Um, or whether it was overuse. So if it was a strain you should rest exact muscle. If it's overuse, um, I guess you should go a little bit easier, but you can work at it a bit right. more do a bit more. Massage um, and, and some more stretching. So what you were saying is, instead of spending so much time trying to figure, figure what, it out exactly what it is, exactly, putting yeah. everything by, it, um, you sort of let go and and played with both scenarios. Right, just very mindful
1: of what exactly. But you have to be very mindful of okay. the pain thresholds and 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 uh, that was true on Wednesday. I was at the gym. I was doing a plank. And just at that moment, it, it grabbed after I'd done it for a while. Right. And I, I, that was when the trainer said, we're done. We're going to move on yeah. to something else. So I, we hit that threshold. Right. And again, yesterday morning, I woke up kind of in pain. I thought, oh, man, I, I did the wrong thing. You know, I was starting to go through the whole mm-hmm. scenario again. But then today, it's better. So Good. It's, uh, it's, I guess, pushing forward despite not totally knowing. Right. Uh, but being very
0: careful, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, we're definitely not recommending that people just work through their exactly, uh, injuries, yes. but it's it's certainly very much what our approach is in self-healing, which is you need to sort of become a detective exactly. in yourself, and this is why, yeah, you know, I mean, our tagline is taking healing into your own hands, it's not um, never going to the doctor, or it's not ignoring right. everyone's advice, what we mean by that is that you are sort of, it's a discovery process. Yeah. If you feel a pain in your leg and somebody is telling you now nah, your leg's fine, just walk on it, um, your intuition is telling you that you should probably rest it or stretch it first or right. do something. So it's um, such a, an important part of this. Yeah. This work. And, and also the same as, let's say for example, with the eyes, um, you're seeing clearly, you're, you're seeing the clearest that you've ever seen in, in months or years, yeah. and uh, you go to uh, get your eyes checked, and they say your eyes have not changed. Right. Do you, do you, you then... Just knowing you accept, yes, yeah. at that point, yeah. You know, do you, do you just say, oh, I must have made this up, I must have right. made up this clear vision, because this, someone else is telling me that I can't see that? Right. Um, or do you trust your instincts, um, or your own body that told you that you were seeing
1: Zero. Right, and this brings me back to my last point, which was okay. we, we worked on a muscular dystrophy uh, client with mm-hmm. Mayor Schneider this week. And one of the things that impressed me about that session with him was when he was addressing the parents. He deliberately said, now I know this is what you are being told is his future. This is how it will go. you know, the people who know told his parents, this is, this is the way it will go. Mm-hmm. And he was deliberately saying, "Let go of that, right let go of that. Mm-hmm. you know there are realities, there are statistics, there are physical realities, mm-hmm. but you need to sort of rest in let 's see how much we can accomplish right instead of mm-hmm. creating sort of a glass
0: ceiling for yourself right so so the, 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 so there is this um expectation should we say there is this uh, possibility um but that to kind of accept that that 's there, but don't be." Held by it and right. try and always try and push yourself beyond um, the so-called yeah. known or, or you know whatever it is right. your expectation is, and, and at least try and work beyond that and don't be held within it. Because there are there are definitely
1: people who always exceed the the known mm-hmm. expectations. So
0: that's what he was saying. Let's just keep that right. open. And I think that's really important as well when it comes down to say. Uh, if you've got a particular condition and why we never we always say everyone's an individual, right? You can never compare. Um, if I've got retinitis pigmentosa and right. Richard has retinitis pigmentosa, um, or say me, well um, let, let's say we're twins, same age, same exactly, everything. Yeah, there's a good chance that we're going to be experiencing the condition in two separate ways, and it may have progressed, yeah. in two separate ways. Yeah. Um, so I could be I could be doing a, an hour of eye exercises of peripheral vision stuff and seeing improvements, but for Richard, the sunning exercise might right. be what gets his the most right. um, benefits. And that's where you're you're
1: tuning into your body, mm-hmm. your eyes, and going, oh, this is working for me, this isn't, instead of always just going to the outside source mm-hmm. and saying, they know what's happening, they know yeah. what, yeah. No, so, I think that's, that's really important. Yeah, that's so problem. that was my, so I was going to summarize by saying, Honestly. keep your knowing loose and your glutes loose. loose. <laughs> <laughs> Goosey loosey. Goosey, yeah.
0: And how was your week? Uh, good, good. Mm-hmm. I really um, spent a bit of time working on, on what you were just talking about. Um, ah. Spending time observing uh, my vision this week and one thing in particular I noticed we were working with a, a cataracts client right. this week and uh, it's been nice and sunny here in San Francisco, yeah, fine though, yeah. which we've not had <laughs> for a while. And I certainly didn't, you know, necessarily have that in New York and it actually transpires now that I would still be stuck in New York <laughs> oh, if I like no. there an extra day because oh, of this, this snow uh, ah. storm that's hit. Um, so anyway, I, we were working with this client and we were putting on uh, obstruction glasses right. and we throwing and, and playing with a, a tennis ball. Mm-hmm. Now. It's something I've observed that in the past I've shied away from doing that because when I obstruct my right eye, because my left eye is not as as clear and as good, then I struggle to throw and catch the tennis ball. Ah, um, I can't really okay. function, and, and when you're trying to run a session, it, it, it's difficult. You're adding your your disability yeah. into it, yeah. Um, so, but this time, and it's probably been several months since I've I've done that in, yeah. in that location. And uh, a few days ago, when I when I did it, things actually seemed uh, clearer. Oh,
1: you've never said that before, actually. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, it's so the reason why it's more of a, a fog and a haze is because of the cataracts right. you know, that I have, and probably also the um, the static that I say is from the retinitis pigmentosa. Right. So that this time I was able to function, um, throw and catch yeah. the ball. My conf- I, what what I initially noticed was my own confidence. Yeah, yeah. That I didn't feel as ah. uh, nervous. I didn't feel like I immediately needed to take these glasses off because I'm right not catching the ball. I mean, there was right. a couple of times where mm-hmm. I wasn't catching it, and I was like, oh no, this is a bit embarrassing. Ah. But in general, I was a lot better, and I really think, um, even if it's not necessarily the cataracts improving or the RP improving. All the work I've been doing over these last few weeks of obstructing and really engaging my left eye, mm-hmm. I think that's really brought that balance between the two. And my brain and body were so much more used to using that left eye mm-hmm. that even if it was uh, slightly hazier or slightly blurrier, I could function with it so much yeah. better and easier. Yeah. So I'm not necessarily right. saying that the uh, that aspect of vision improved, but my ability to Work with it and function, and I came away feeling very confident yeah. and uh, a lot better. I, I shocked myself, actually, which I always
1: like to do. And maybe that's the, the second half of our tagline, which is improve your quality of life. Yes. In some ways, if you, you know, where is that, you know, your functionality improved, your quality of life mm-hmm. improved, and maybe your eyesight at that moment didn't improve, yeah. but you improved the quality
0: of your life. Yeah. So if someone was to look into my eye, look into my eyes, <laughs> <laughs> um, and hypnotize them. Um, they would say, well, you know, the cataracts are still there, right. that's not changed, but right. well, the RP's still there, you've still got, you know, the, the black spots in the back of the eye, Right. you know, your vision's not improved. Right. Um, and that's them telling me that my vision's not improved. Even though I noticed in myself, I felt more confident, I noticed more clarity, um, and that ability to be able to function in that way, you know, then I was able to, to feel improvement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, this is vision improvement. Yeah, and not vision. Get rid of all your symptoms. <laughs> <perfection. laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, yes, yeah, so that was really the only other thing I kind of noticed. And a peripheral exercise uh, when I went to the beach again because it was nice, beautiful weather. And um, so for me with the RP, I've got sort of a, a major part of the static is is in what I would say is my para. uh macula. Macula, yeah. So sort of. This, this is your big periphery all the way around. Imagine a complete, say, 316 right. circle out from the side. And then you've got your central vision right in front of you. Well, in between there, you've sort of got this inner periphery. So in particular, lower and upper, I've got the real uh, fuzzy spot, should we say, or the real static mm-hmm. that is there. So an exercise that I did is I looked at the horizon of the ocean mm-hmm. and I tried to tune in to the movement of the waves okay in that's just below my central vision which Ah, is where that area is right that is difficult to see where the waves are hitting the beach yeah yeah well i mean in in california um there's so there's so many layers of waves coming in they're they're crashing all the way in i'll I'll put a picture up on our facebook fan page so that people can see it um that i was able to have a sense of movement of the waves but i wasn't looking at the waves Right. Which was kind of uh, a little bit surreal because I guess I kind of felt like I was moving ah. a little bit, right? Because things were. I'm, not, I'm used to looking at something right. to see it moving. So, uh, anyway, right. I thought it was a nice, relaxing peripheral oh, yeah, vision. Right. Very so, relaxing, yeah. Um, just to gaze out into the distance and let anything that's, that's moving, be it waves or, or whatever mm-hmm. it is, uh-huh. um, to move in front of you and to activate your peripheral vision. Nice. Okay, great. Well, I think it's a good time to move on to Topic of the Week.
1: And the Topic of the Week this week is Understanding Nearsightedness.
0: Yeah, and I guess this, this initially came um, from where we have clients that come to us um, that have minus lenses, right. uh, minus diopters, which means that they're nearsighted or myopic, but there are two main differences between uh, nearsightedness that you've got as a child and nearsightedness that you've got as an adult, right. and there's two different ways that... Well, actually, we do we similar do ways exercises to exercises for it, but, um, but yeah. if you understand the, the difference between the two, then it can make it easier to do the exercises right. to
1: understand why. And one is that we think easier to, to deal with, Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, can I start with the childhood? Oh, All oh right. yeah, go for, All it. Right, go for it. So, in childhood, mm-hmm. um, it'd be interesting. I we believe that that normal eyes, that there probably are genetically nearsighted. There is probably a small per- percentage of the population, yeah, is genetically
0: probably. nearsighted. I guess something that we would say is a, a genetic predisposition, yeah, to uh, myopia, right.
1: But in in, as in general what happens is children up until school age have fairly normal vision unless they have very enthusiastic parents who are throwing books in front of them very quickly, which is more and more common these days. Mm-hmm. But as soon as a child starts to read and spend lots of hours of the day uh, indoors looking at close distances, uh, it's a very quick adaptation of the eyeball, well... The reason it's a quick adaptation is the eyeball before age 20 is uh, still soft and flexible. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine you're, you're spending all your hours looking close at an object. Well, the eye can squeeze the, what's called the ciliary body, and it squeezes the lens and rounds it to look close. You would think that our bodies would just do that. But if you do it enough, you spend enough time doing that, The uh, the body, eye, brain, whatever decides um, it's easier to elongate the eyeball. Well, then there's the
0: physical thing of squeezing the eyeball. Is that Bates? Would you say that is that is Dr. William Bates' uh, idea that the eyeball changes from accommodation? From accommodation. No. Explaining there of the lens. And maybe this is Richard's theory about (laughs) (laughs)
1: this. It just makes sense to me that the eyeball would adapt to the conditions that are there. But in some, in some, the other thing we've uh, discovered is that the the muscles here, mm-hmm. when you're looking, you're converging on a piece of text.
0: And by muscles here, you mean the nasal the nasal muscles, thank you. the nasal
1: extraocular muscles. You have to be watch me at times. Mm-hmm. They you're when you're converging on a text like this, your these muscles are contracting, and squeeze well pushing your eyes in. And there's a theory that that pushes the eyeball, Mm -hmm. squeezes the
0: eyeball, elongates. almost creating an internal pressure. Yeah. that's then pushing out towards the back of the eye. And and we, that was the latest that we got from uh, when we did a a course in Brazil. On natural visual improvement. So, I mean, from my standpoint, I would say the latest information that I know is that, is that looking inwards all the time creates that internal pressure and it pushes the eyeball and stretches the eyeball back. Right. Now, um, this is, I guess it's not a relatively new idea, but now in modern science, they're starting to actually get a hold of this a bit more. Right. Uh, not so long ago, there was a study in, uh, that's been done, and the BBC uh, reported it. And uh, So before, the, the idea um, from science is that it's genetic, there's nothing you can do about it, right. whether you've got it or you've not. Um, but they found that in Asia, that 90% of school leavers now need glasses for being excited. Whereas only two decades ago it was only twenty percent. Right. So genetics can't explain this massive leap right. in myopia. Right. So they're talking. Um, it's not uncommon to find now that they talk about near work, doing near work. I guess it's us that are trying. We always have to explain things. Yeah. So, yeah. There's probably more <laughs> us uh, trying to you know put this theory in. If you yeah. read in the papers, it's more the eyeball elongates. There's not really. I'll mean, tell you why. Really. Right? Yeah. There was one thing in particular that they mentioned in the BBC report. And that is that they also felt that the lack of sunlight right. during the day um, is it means that we're not producing a certain chemical that allows the eye to be even more flexible, so it stretches back even more. And if you think about people that study a lot at a young age, they're indoors all the time at school, um, and even when they get home, instead of being out playing, they're, they're indoors studying more or they're resting right. or something along those lines.
1: Uh, now, I have a story of... Uh, the, one of my money people, he, uh, he grew up in um, North Dakota on a, mm-hmm. on a farming country. Mm-hmm. And he had all of these relatives and none of them had glasses ever in their hmm. lives. And he was the one kid in his family who would go to the library and read the Hardy Boys mysteries. Okay. Read them, you know, I think he runs in Nancy Drew too. <laughs> 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 anyway, he spent all of his childhood reading hmm. and he ended up, with nearsightedness, yeah. and no one else in his family did, hmm. so it's it's a pretty clear indication
0: yeah. that that function form follows function mm-hmm. in that case. And now, where they're what they're talking about with uh, computer vision syndrome, and spending long hours in front of the computer. Yeah, and um, this is becoming uh, more and more of a an issue. And luckily, finally now, science is starting to come on board, and they are suggesting that you should spend time to be outside playing. Right. Um, they're not. Again, I don't think they're not necessarily going into details why. Yeah. Um, so, but you know, there is now this switch around of before it was, uh, maybe, maybe this is more in the UK the idea that the school system is is a fact is, is a, a an exam or a grades factory, um, okay. where the, the idea is to get the kids in, uh, educate them, you sit your exams when you're fifteen, sixteen years yeah. old. And then, well done, you're an adult, you can go all around the world.
1: I'm guessing recess has sort of been diminished and diminished mm-hmm. since, since I was a kid, for sure. Yeah. So that's less time they're spending outdoors and less time. So we would, you know, granted maybe the sunlight plays some chemical role, mm-hmm. but we would probably point more to that study to say yeah. it was looking far away that kept the children, yeah. and the less time
0: looking close. Mm-hmm. The that, distance looked lessened the rate of nearsightedness in that study. So, so that's certainly, um, I guess we should spend a lot more time on this uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the future as this does affect uh, so many people and sadly yeah. it's going to affect even more yeah. people. We can't see anybody not working from near any time yeah. soon. Um, of course our advice is to not completely avoid it but to work with it. Um, but then the, so then the other side, so that's up to the age of 21 where the eye is still flexible mm-hmm. enough that it can elongate and stretch. But then after that, uh, when the eye is a bit more solidified, you've then got the pseudomyopia. Right. Go for it, pseudomyopia. <laughs> <laughs> so pseudomyopia then is uh, what Richard was talking before about the ciliary muscles mm-hmm. and uh, oh, they're, they're th- right. those of us that, that are able to watch this as the video, yeah. um, you can see here you've got the ciliary muscles here. Those of you that um, can't then just Google it or, or Yahoo. Yeah as you've got better privacy uh, privacy laws now with Yahoo than you do Google. Anyway, I won't go into that oh, now. Oh. So, um, so you've got the ciliary muscles that then when they contract, they then squeeze and round the lens so you're able to focus the object um, onto the back of the retina so it, it's able to hit that central point where the fovea is, which sees that crisp, clear vision, that HD uh, TV, if High you will. High resolution, yeah. so, um, So what's happening is when we overuse those muscles, if we spend a lot of time working from near, the muscle is always contracted, the lens is always rounded. So it means that you are holding that lens in that position. Now, you could imagine if you um, sit for 14 hours with your leg bent and then you go to stand up well the, the leg feels stiff and tight and it's sort of difficult to get up. So uh, the same is with the lens, and now over time you get to a point where the muscle becomes uh, spastic and tight, so that it can't you know, really return uh, back to its normal. It's um, like a, you know, a person who, who slumps all the time, becoming yeah. kind of like this as an old person. You know, exactly, you yeah. kind of get stuck in that position. Yeah. So, and it's just the muscle's natural way of holding it. So um, what that means is the lens is continuously rounded. So even if you want to look into the distance, the image is still being uh, falling short right. at the back of the eye, so it's not clear. So this is why we feel this is certainly an easier thing um, to work on because it's more of a muscular issue where you then need to learn to relax uh, the ciliary muscles so that the lens is able to then relax, and that means you can then see into the distance again. Right, right. So, um, so some real, you know, quick roundup there of, uh, of nearsightedness, just to give you a little bit more. Understanding so that you can uh, understand the exercises a little bit more while why we're doing them. Well, and, d- and just to finish that point,
1: that's why distance looking as our exercise actually addresses both. Mm-hmm. We would still treat it a little different, mm-hmm. depending, but in the di- if you're looking in the distance, if the eyeball still has the ability to, to, to reverse the elongation, mm-hmm. you're doing the opposite of looking close, mm-hmm. and you're relaxing. When you look in the distance, the ciliary body
0: relaxes mm-hmm. and the lens flattens. So those, it addresses both both conditions, yeah. and and this is something that anybody can just look up in any uh, textbook about the uh, you know it's it's called accommodation. So just look up accommodation, and you can learn about how the ciliary body relaxes and contracts in order to round that lens yeah. and to focus. So this isn't um, some you know woo woo thing that no, we no, just no. Uh, made up. This is uh, this is science. So uh, just look it up, and it will help you understand a lot more um, how the eyes can improve and indeed why the eye exercises will help you. So I think it's a good time to move on to question of the week. And the question of the week this week is, does alcohol negatively affect my vision? So this came through a question, uh, let me think now. You were at a bar and somebody asked you this <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, yeah they, uh, I, I walked into the door and they asked me. Oh, no, that didn't happen. Um, so it, it was a question through uh, either Facebook or YouTube. I kind of yeah. get lost now. We're, we're, yeah, now, wherever it so, was. Social yeah. media aspects. And, um, and it was, it's a genuine concern yeah, in, it is. Of, of people whether drinking can affect our vision. Mm. I guess. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't want to. I don't want to go down the road of, uh, of as as guys you tend to joke that someone's yeah. got their beer goggles on, uh, meaning that they no, do, right, right, do right, do right. can see as well. So I guess in that sense, you could certainly say that it. Well, yeah. Well, let, the, let me just say, say one thing. There is there is some difference of
1: opinion here. Mayor, Mayor right. Schneider, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. we uh, trained with mm-hmm. for all these years, does not drink because of his vision. Okay. Um, but both of us do drink to some extent mm-hmm. and we're still improving our vision. Maybe yeah. we should say that. Yeah.
0: I mean, for <laughs> what I would say, I mean, uh, in particular to that, ex- that extreme extent that I was talking about with the beer goals is you could argue that it's impairing the brain yeah. function, right. not necessarily your vision. So that's one thing you need to decide Um But that's on a um, an acute aspect, I think, yeah. of drinking, but then on a more long term, I think the best way to think about it is toxicity of the blood. Right. And how, you know, we always want to think about the eye. And in all of this stuff, this is why we talk about having a holistic approach to vision improvement. And uh, anyone that wants to hear more about that, then check out previous podcasts that we've done. We did a whole five-part series, I think, on how the whole body and nutrition and everything and blood flow is involved in improving our eyesight. So if you, you want to create the best environment possible for our eyes. Mm-hmm. So we want the best nutrients, the best supply of oxygen, um, you know, everything that we can get to the eyes, making sure it's nice and relaxed. So if you think of a, a toxic environment in the blood, um, sort of the opposite of having good nutrients, then obviously that's going to have a negative impact right. on the vision uh, and yeah. our eyes overall health. So now one way to get a gauge of what makes it toxic would be to look towards the liver. Right. Because the liver is our filtering system in the body, that's what cleans our blood out. And there are guidelines on units of alcohol right. that you drink, which is the amount that the liver can process every hour. Mm-hmm. And I think it's one unit per hour. That mm-hmm. might be two. I'm yeah. not too sure. Yeah. Let's go one to make it safe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <that's the> one. <laughs> so that means that, um, and you can check. And now, I mean, I don't know whether it's the same in America, but in England they have to put the units of alcohol. Yeah. On the the drink now, um, so that you you have to so that there's those guidelines there on always okay. safe. So um, yeah, so what we're saying then is, and what I recommended uh, in this in this email, is that one or two drinks a week is fine. Fine. Uh, and in fact, there are reports about red wine um, actually helping right. thin the blood. Um, it's also uh, can be a relaxant. Right. Um, But it's just like anything, doing the extreme or having too much of anything is bad. I just thought of a good gauge too. If you're
1: you're so hungover the next morning, you don't want to do your eye exercises, you drank too much.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then um, it's getting that gauge. It's interesting that you say that. It's because, again, everybody is an individual. True. That's true. So my liver might be able to process a unit slower than what your liver can do. so no, test- I have a strong liver actually, <laughs> <laughs> I got that tested, so yeah. So not necessarily a good thing in terms of drinking. Yeah, yes. yeah. so I guess what we were saying at the very beginning here, to, to wrap this episode up nicely, yeah. is that everyone's an individual and you sort of have that detective approach. So you could have one beer, um, or wine, or whatever your tipple is, um, Get a, go to sleep, wake up the next day and, and see how you're feeling. Yeah. And then maybe uh, a couple of nights later you could have two drinks. Mm-hmm. Wake up, see how you're feeling. If you're feeling a little bit foggy-headed, um, you can't really think properly, then you know that two is most definitely your limit. Yeah. Um, and one is something, the realm that you want to be around. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, this, uh, this is us assuming that somebody is mature enough <laughs> um, <laughs> to true. only drink one or two. And I guess somebody could drink eight and then wake up in the morning and go, oh, I'm fine. I'm oh, fine. Yeah. no problem. <laughs> um, obviously, you know, I think those guidelines are there in particular. and oh, um, I know, the other one, we,
1: they can do the swinging exercises and see if they fall over. Right? <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> that could yeah. work too. Um, so
0: certainly there, there are guidelines <laughs> out there. Oh um, gosh. Not like Richard's guidelines for <laughs> swinging on um, sensible rates uh, of drinking. So right. certainly uh, check those out. Start looking into the units of alcohol that the liver can actually function because we want to avoid that toxicity. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, if you're somebody that feels that alcohol just doesn't agree with you, then then you're, you are your own gauge and for sure right. you then want to avoid. Um, and, I, and I guess I would say, if you suddenly
1: are facing a more acute condition, Mm -hmm. like retinal detachment or something fairly serious, you might really consider changing your idea of how much you can do.
0: Yeah, and and I guess, you know, if somebody's got myopia, then it's uh, maybe, you know, slightly different to someone that has optic atrophy or retinitis pigmentosa that really needs that pure blood flow to the eyes because it's just on a different gauge, it's two different Yeah. Extreme, so certainly um, take it upon yourself to, to look into that, yep. think about your own uh, condition uh, objectively instead of oh, well, I love going out drinking, and yeah, it's yeah. so much fun, um, which is great. But you know, you can sort of try and find other ways of enjoying yourself, right. um, And uh, to avoid those toxicity levels and try and maintain that good vision for as long as possible. Okay, great. Well, we hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. If you want to find out some more information, then you can head over to our website at envisionselfhealing.com and you'll find plenty of exercises there and more information on conditions themselves, just like what we explained here about nearsightedness. Just head over to the conditions tab, click on nearsightedness and you'll see plenty of information there on how you could improve that condition um, and why it's created in the first place. You can also get your hands on a free ebook called A Modern Day Guide for Improving Eyesight and uh, just head over to our website and you'll see uh, what you need to do in order to get your hands on a copy of that. You could also follow us, Richard and I, on Twitter. It's just William Fuller En or Richard Miller En. And you could also connect with us through Facebook. Uh, just look for Envision Self Healing on Facebook. And I'll try and remember to put that picture up uh, about the beach, yeah. with the wave, so that we can uh, figure out a little bit more on that. Yeah. And uh, if you listen to this on iTunes, then subscribe to us. And if you're watching this on YouTube or any other video, Format, then uh, indeed subscribe to us on that as well, and you'll get our weekly video sent to you. If you also enjoyed the question aspect of what we did here today and you want some of your questions answered, then head over to the iExercise Express and you'll find a bit more information on how we will answer your questions every two weeks that we every two weeks that we do in a bi-weekly phone call, uh, coaching call where people email in their questions and then we answer them there live on a call. Okay, great. Well, good luck with your eye exercises this week and happy healing. And have a good week.